Good afternoon. Thank you once again for joining me. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, we'll have a look at a couple of our Harvard Business Review tips. Might help grow our little business a little bit more. Also talking with Christina Sikiotis from Ideation at Work about uh, some new products with innovation involved. But right now, we're going to have a chat with Zaya Elliott from Baker Love Lawyers about changes to privacy law. Good afternoon, Zaya. Good afternoon, Julian, and thank you for having me on. We we enjoy having new voices on the on the air, and uh, uh, interesting uh, some changes that are happening with the privacy law. There's been a lot of public discussion about them. Um, can you provide us some insight into these proposed changes? Yes, certainly. It really is quite an interesting area at the moment. There's been a lot of talk um, about the inadequacy of privacy laws, probably for about. 30, 40 years in Australia and there's been quite a few inquiries and and a lot of talk about things changing and not very much happening but it's heated up quite a lot in New South Wales in the last few, um, few months and definitely in the last week. Most of the interest is coming from the really big changes in the way that we interact as a society. We're very much online now and a lot of our privacy is more eroded than ever with your LinkedIn, your Facebook and your other social media apps which means that we're putting a lot of information out there with a lot less control about who gets to see it and, and who gets any kind of control. So your listeners might have heard last week that the New South Wales Parliamentary Inquiry um, into the Remedies for Serious Invasion of Privacy has released, um, first of all, they acknowledged that privacy was an issue, especially in New South Wales, but they've actually released a report which made a few recommendations for reform. I'd probably just mention three really big ones. The first is the introduction of a statutory cause of action in tort um, for victims of invasion of privacy so that they can take remedies and damages for the invasion that occurs to them. The second is the broadening of the Privacy Commissioner's powers, which are currently very limited in New South Wales. And the third is very interesting. It's better training for our police to actually deal on the ground with privacy matters like invasion through stalking um, and online stalking and abuse. So, uh, you know, given the ability of people who feel that their privacy is being invaded to take some sort of legal action, do we as citizens actually have a right to privacy in Australia? really interesting question. So in some ways, yes, we do, um, but we don't really have that ability to take action on our own against another individual. But we definitely have a right to privacy over our information. Lots of listeners would have a private number or have restrictions on who can share what details they have. Um, Because we're in Newcastle, as we speak, I might give the New South Wales example Mm. of the privacy legislation, which actually deals with the information about us. That's things like our health records and our personal information like addresses. So under the Privacy and Personal Information Protection Act and the Health and Records Act, we can actually control what information can be shared and there's some remedies for preventing um, information that you didn't want shared being spread across um, and given to corporations and other businesses who you really didn't want to know that. And also, I guess we have the criminal example as well. Uh, Sexting is a great example. Inappropriate images um, Mm. within people's relationships, which have been inappropriately shared. You can actually take criminal action um, on those grounds. But in reality, there's no real protection for those more everyday invasions of privacy, like maybe the sharing of a video or a photo that you didn't want by another individual. So so you mentioned that current laws fall short of addressing the, the hurts experienced by those 
whose privacy has been invaded. Can you give us an example? Yeah, well, there's a very good example recently in the media, which anyone who's a football fan would definitely be aware of. Um, The NRL example of the Roosters player, Mitchell Pearce, Mm-hmm. who is currently under um, a match suspension as a result of a drunken, inappropriate party joke, whereby he had um, simulated ra- a rather lewd act on a dog. And then that was filmed by another individual at a private drinking party, um, a woman who sold that on to the media. Mm. And then, of course, as we know, it just became a very big deal in the media. It was it was on the news, it was on all newspapers. It had irreparable, irreparable damage, rather, mm. to his um, reputation. But he, he doesn't really have any cause of action to, to prevent her from doing that or to get any damages. And, I mean, as we would all be aware, the damage to his reputation is significant. So, so could these proposed changes catch unintentional offenders who accidentally share private information or footage? Yeah, that, that's a really good question. So obviously um, this is just at the stage of a recommendation, but within that recommendation the Parliamentary um, Committee actually called for um, submissions from the public and from interested parties, including the media. And from what they'd heard and those concerns similar to what you've raised, they've recommended that there would need to be um, a fault element for individuals of either intentionally or recklessly um, sharing the information or the image in the intent of, you know, invading someone's privacy. Whereas in contrast, the government and corporations, there'd be a much higher standard um, that they'd be held to. So your big data releases, which, you know, Mm. they may not have intended to release everyone on their book's personal details, but it happens. Um, Because they're a corporation or a government entity, there would be better recourse for those things. So could this change to the laws simply open the floodgates to fruitless and unfounded litigation and potentially encroach upon the public's right to be informed and, of course, freedom of expression? Yeah, again, that's um, that's a very big issue. So with that, uh, from those submissions, one of them was specifically from the media. And, um, and what came of that is that they're actually going to have a public interest-style test designed whereby if the public has a right to know the information, um, it's much less likely that any any damages will be able to be received. So uh, just summing up, some some concluding remarks? Sure. Uh, Well, the main thing is that this is still an area to watch. Mm. It's just a recommendation at this stage. It may turn into a law. It's got really good um, support across all of the political parties. So it's definitely an area to watch and and hopefully... um, you know, within the next few years at most, we'll have more information on it. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Zaya. And uh, uh, we'll on. probably have to come back to you when, uh, when we hear more. I look forward to that. Thank you so much, Julian. Thank you. Bye-bye. Zaya Elliott there from Baker Love Lawyers, helping us to understand that there are some possible changes to the privacy laws. Uh, and, of course, we will keep you up to date as and when they come into action. You're listening to Business, The Law and You on 2NURFM 103.7. Time to pop over to Christina Sikiatis for our discussion on innovation. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. What a lovely afternoon it is, even though I probably oh. shouldn't say that because I don't think you can see it, can you? I, I can see it out of the window there, but oh, I think good. I'd rather be in a cool air-conditioned office than uh, out in that muggy warm weather at the moment. In the heat, yes, yeah, 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 okay, I won't tell you that it is actually not too bad, but anyway, okay, innovation, so again, 
We've got you this time clearer than on the monorail last week. Yes, that was a very interesting experience. <laughs> anyway, in, the, in a main city centre, in the, one of the main countries of the world, and we lose contact. I found that a little um, distressing, actually. There's, a, there's <laughs> an area anyway. of innovation that we need to address, isn't there? Yes, it is. Yes. Small changes make the internet work everywhere. How's that? So we were going to look at uh, some, last week when, when, when we lost you, we were going to look at a couple of products. So let's have a look at those products now. Okay, so there is this fantastic product called Ruck Jack. And what it is, is a convertible jacket that you can also use as a backpack. So, it, so it's, it's, very, um, it's a very small change to two items that we use quite regularly. Uh, and all you need to do is really clip it at the front. And it's also in a high-vis colour, so it's orange. So you're very visible when you've got it on as well. So what we've got are two different items that we assume uh, can be in their best form separately the way that they are, but combined, they're even better. So they're trying to raise funds on Kickstarter, actually, to get this product happening. So if anyone's interested in having a look at it, it's called Ruck Jack. Mm. Um, but you zip it, wear it. You can use the back part of it as a backpack. It, it doubles up as a, um, as a jacket um, against the, the elements in the weather. And it also serves as high-vis. So you really, you know, people can see you from great distances. Really, it's amazing. Um, and the other thing that I came across this week that I thought was fantastic was something called a mood snooze. Um, and there's a company called Smarin who is they're starting to install what they call nap bars into various offices. And they've got a um, they're doing a demonstration installation uh, at a place in Dubai at the moment. But what they I mean the the research is out that you know that 20 minute nap, 10 to 20 minute nap in the middle of the afternoon reinvigorates, re-inspires, gets you productivity flowing again. Um, so that's kind of a given now with the, the research that, that's taken place around that. But what's interesting is that the nap bar has a special nap pillow. Um, there's You can hear lullabies and everything through there. The nap bars themselves have special herbal teas, essential oils. So it's that, that whole relaxation, you know, really chill out, reignite, unlock your next great idea sort of... Um, uh, idea through this through this whole nap bar, mm. and the, they've got a variety of these lounges, so they kind of mould into your body, and you can you can sleep on the one that or nap on the one that most suits your body nice. type. It's interesting that a lot of them have got a downward, um, a, a, so the energy and sorry, not the energy, your blood flows um, either downwards, or you can also have the energy flowing um, to your brain, so the the blood. Um, traveling towards the brain, depending on how you want to lie on these contoured, oh. contoured lounges. The other thing um, for this week is just, so, I mean, just before you go 20. on to another one, oh. uh, mm-hmm. I, I would imagine, though, particularly in Australia, a large number of employers would be going. I'm not going to give my staff uh, time off to go and have doses and herbal teas and things. I mean, I know the the, the research is there to prove that it does work mm-hmm. and I know that places like Google and, and I think Apple as well ha- do have that already installed in their places. They do and it's all back to iterating and changing, isn't it? If you yeah. test it and find that it is working for your staff, then you keep it. Yeah. Um, but And that's one of the things that actually said that the resistance will come yeah. from, traditional, from traditional thinking businesses. So yeah. Yes, unfortunately, everybody's not going to get to have a nap in the afternoon. But I know, like, I, unless I'm running a workshop or unless I'm, you know, at a at a conference or something like that, I often have that three o'clock slump, that yeah. you know, that downturn in energy, and and you know, I 
usually rich for a chocolate bar, but these nap bars look okay. Mm. Um, so 3D printing, yeah. leaps and bounds, absolutely going going off its head. Um, just even even knowing nowadays that we can print in 3D colour or 3D printing in colour, they're up to about 350 different materials, anything from titanium to ceramic to glass that they can that they now print in. Uh, and you, you, as we've discussed before, you can print, you know, spare parts to cars or spare parts yeah. to um, machines. But yeah. even even down to prosthetics, they're printing customised prosthetics, mm. and they're also printing the tools that you need to to use with, believe it or not, the prosthetics and the the mechanics, the machinery, that the, the parts that come with it. But the other thing that they're working towards, which is, they're, I'm not quite sure how they're going to get nutrition through a 3D printer. Um, but they're making, they're doing personalised nutrition. They're working on that at the moment. So your smartphone will read all the symptoms from your body and will tell you whether you're low on, in this particular day um, in vitamin D or vitamin B or some mineral, say potassium or magnesium, whatever. That that will be transferred back to some factory. The factory will print your 3D tablet. Um, a drone will pick the 3D tablet up and deliver it to you and then you will take the tablet and you will feel fantastic. It won't be long after that. The next step will be that you can actually 3D print yourself. your own yeah. tablet. Yeah. Mm. So, as, as you say, the price of printers are coming down and uh, the experimentation with the materials they're using, I believe they're even experimenting with human tissues as well, 3D yeah. printing that. So. Yes. Isn't that it's just um, and it's amazing that just what people are conceptualising and then working mm. on is absolutely stunning at the moment. It is. Well, thank you very much for your time. Um, thank we'll, you. We'll have another chat next week. Look forward to it, Julian. Have See a good you then. One. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Christina Sikiatis. There's some interesting concepts coming out. Whether you whether you necessarily believe them or not, or whether you never whether you accept them or not, they're coming, and uh, certainly the. Change is really upon us at the moment, isn't it? Well, we have time for one of our Harvard Business Review tips, and uh, this one's an interesting one. Make learning a habit. If you want to keep growing, you need to make learning a habit. To get started, be specific about what you're asking yourself to do. Resolutions like read more or learn new things are too vague. Your goals need to be concrete and measurable. Spend two hours every Thursday afternoon reading all the articles I've saved during the week. Schedule the time on your calendar and resist the temptation to do other work during that window. Monitor your behaviour closely to push yourself in the right direction. If you know that some of your co-workers make on-the-job on learning a habit, go out of your way to spend time with them. Study ha uh, studies show that we tend to pick up habits from the people around us. And the most important thing to remember, we must shape our habits to suit ourselves, our own nature, our own interests, our own strengths. When we understand ourselves, we can apply habit-forming strategies with the greatest chance of success. So don't we all have these little things? I must get round to reading that. They're all collecting our e-books and, and our inboxes. So there's one way of doing it. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've looked at uh, the uh, potential changes coming to the privacy laws and a couple of interesting innovation products there. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we'll have our Minute on Innovation with Christina, some business and legal news and views that might affect your business. 
I'd love your company again for Business, the Law and You at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Francis Bacon once said, a wise man will make more opportunities than he finds. <laughs>